Life Audio. the decisions in your life. Who, or more appropriately, what, tells you whether you will move forward or stay where you are. When you are looking at an obstacle, a trauma, a trial, something that's out in front of you that would prevent your forward movement, how are you informed about whether or not you're going to deal with that thing that's in front of you or decide, rather, as we've talked about so many times on this show, Kick it into neutral and stay where you are. How often in your life do you allow fear to decide for you? That sounds like a crazy idea, a crazy thought, something none of us would ever admit to. But I believe so often in our lives, the reason we don't move forward is because we are allowing fear to make our decisions. How do we deal with fear? I'm not going to spend a lot of time today talking specifically about fear. We've talked about that in the past, but how do we address fear? When fear is screaming at us and telling us exactly what it wants us to do, how do we move forward in spite of that fear? I want to give you some thoughts today on the March or Die show. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hello and welcome to the March or Die show today. Very glad to have you joining me and uh, looking forward to what we're going to jump into here in just a second. Before we get there, though, I want to remind you, as I do every single week, two things. Number one, if you are not yet subscribed to this show, please do that right now. Wherever you are listening from, go ahead and subscribe. You can do that right now. That would be fantastic. And number two, take some time later on, go to jeremystalnecker.com. That is my personal website. There you'll find information about me specifically, other podcasts that I'm involved in. This podcast, of course, links out to all of my socials. Uh, My blog is there. Everything is right there. So go and check that out, jeremystalnecker.com. That would be... Fantastic. We have some guests coming up in the next several weeks. Looking forward to getting some folks on this show. Uh, It's crazy. I go through these kind of cycles, these 
periods of time where uh, all we have is guests, and I'm excited about that. I love talking to folks and getting different perspectives and different thoughts and and uh, just kind of understanding and seeing the world in a different way. But I've been going through this period here recently, and if you listen every week, you know you know this. I don't have to tell you, but I will tell you. Uh, I go through these periods where I, I just want to sit down and share things that I'm thinking through or working through, trying to understand thoughts that I've had. Last week we talked about prayer, and we've talked about the, the fundamental principles uh, that are applicable in this conversation about marching, when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. We talked through all these things, been very helpful for me. And uh, so often um, this, uh, this is therapy for me, <laughs> having the opportunity to just work through this stuff and, and kind of figure these thoughts and these concepts out in real time on this podcast. So thank you for joining me on this journey. Uh, I'm learning a lot all of the time, and I hope that some of this is helpful to you as well. Uh, today, I want to talk uh, briefly about fear. And, and fear is something, kind of that contrast between fear and faith. I, I talk about this a lot, and I talk about it a lot because we all deal with it a lot. Uh, we talk about faith and, and how important faith is. We talk about uh, addressing fear and how we need to deal with fear. Uh, I want to talk about that a little bit today uh, again, I guess, but talk about it from uh, maybe a different perspective. Uh, I believe that so often when we talk about faith, when we talk about Fear, we would say maybe this is the polar opposite of faith. When we talk about concepts like this, we speak about them. We talk about them uh, almost in philosophical terms. We talk about faith in philosophical terms. It's not concrete. Uh, we don't really know how to get our hands on it. We talk about fear in philosophical terms. We don't really know how to get our hands on it. We don't know exactly what it does. We have an idea of what fear is but we don't exactly know how to address it, uh, definitely not in a way that moves us forward. And we need to really bring these things down to a place of concrete footing. What is fear? What is faith in contrast? What does a life guided by or directed by fear look like? And how can we get to the place where that voice in the back of our head that says, you shouldn't do this, it's dangerous, something bad is going to happen. How do we address that and move forward in spite of that voice? I want to talk about some of these things today. And again, I hope this will be a help to you. As I say so often on this podcast, I don't want this to be an end-all. It's certainly not going to touch every aspect of these areas. We've got about 30 minutes together, so uh, there's a lot that will be unsaid. I, I want this to be a starting point, and hopefully this is the kind of thing that will cause you to think, cause you to think more deeply, ask questions of yourself, view the obstacles that are in front of you a little bit differently, give you a better perspective, and help you to move forward. All right, so let me lay the groundwork. We'll walk through this together. I want to start with march or die. I come back to this so often. Sometimes I move right past it and assume you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to make that assumption today. This is this is vital. This is really important. When I talk about march or die, again, if you've heard this, you're going to hear it again. If you haven't heard this before, go back to some of our earlier episodes where I talk specifically about what I mean and where that came from and the principles related to that. But when I talk about march or die, these are the, the contrasting uh, concepts or terms. Marching is simply moving forward. We're moving forward. 
One step at a time, putting one foot in front of the other. Marching does not mean that there aren't difficulties or obstacles or trials, that there aren't traumas of your past. That's not what marching means. Marching means that in spite of all of those things, you believe that God has a plan for your life, a purpose for your life, there's something out in front of you, and you need to move toward that. Maybe you don't have all the answers. Maybe you don't have it all figured out, and you shouldn't, and none of us have it all figured out. But what you do know is that there's something else beyond where you are right now, and you're going to take the next step. That's it. Take the next step, and then take the one after that, and then take the one after that, and take the one after that. It's marching one step at a time. Uh, Again, we don't want to become so overwhelmed by the thousands of possibilities that we fail to take the next step. Just focus on doing the next thing, and the thing after that, and the thing after that, and eventually you'll find yourself in a place where you can experience what God has created you to experience, to live, to do, the relationships, all that's in front of you. You get there one step at a time. All right, that's marching. Dying, by contrast, is becoming so overwhelmed by life, so overwhelmed by the difficulties, the trials, the traumas, the obstacles that pop up in front of you, so overwhelmed that instead of making the decision to march one step at a time, you make the decision to stay where you are. I I call it dying. I call it death. (laughs) Because even though you may be breathing, you may be alive physically, you may be so much alive physically that the people around you don't know there's anything wrong. You know that you are not marching forward. You are not moving into what God has created you to do, to be, to experience, to accomplish. You've stopped moving forward. That's death. Life is taking one faith-filled step step after another. Death is saying, I can't do it anymore. Emotionally, spiritually, relationally, you're not making progress, which in the word picture that we're presenting means that you are dead. You've kicked it into neutral. You're just going to (laughs) survive until you physically die. This contrast for me is so easy to understand. I was explaining this to someone the other day. It's so easy for me to understand. I've talked about it hundreds of times. You can move forward or you can stay where you are. There is no in-between. When we talk, though, about the difference between moving forward and staying where we are, I think that the decision to do one or the other hinges on our understanding of these two concepts that we'll talk about today, faith and fear. When we allow faith to make our decisions for us, then in spite of how big the obstacles are in front of us or how overwhelmed we may feel with life, when we allow faith to decide for us, we will take the next step. This is the beautiful thing about faith. I don't have to have it all figured out. I don't have to know how it's going to work out. I don't know. How, I don't have to know uh, how I can exactly get to the other side of this obstacle. Exactly. I don't have to have it all figured out. I simply need to believe that is faith that God will do what God has said he will do. 
that when the Bible says God has plans for me and that they're good plans, I can have confidence in that. Uh, When God tells us in the Bible that the victory in this life has already been purchased, been won by the blood of Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, he defeated death and he defeated sin and he gives us victory. I am by faith believing that. I am by faith accepting God's promises and God's word. I'm trusting that what he said he will do, he will do. That's what faith is. Faith is not blind. Faith is not hope. Faith is not wishing. Faith is looking at the Bible. (laughs) It's reading the words of the Bible. Those are God's words to us. And it is firmly concluding. That if God said he will do these things, then I can trust him. And so, in spite of what may be in front of me, what I may be feeling, what's happening, the voices that are speaking to me, in spite of how life may have turned away that I didn't expect, I can trust God. This is not hoping things will get better. This is believing that God is bigger than my situation, that God does have a plan for my life, that God does want to use me. And so I'm going to take the next step forward. That's faith. We mysticize faith so much. I've given verses, we've talked through passages, we've looked at faith so much, but we we still, we we mysticize it. (laughs) Mystify it? We mystify it as well, but we mysticize it. We make it some kind of crazy mystery, some kind of crazy thing that we can't really understand. Hebrews tells us in chapter 11, the first couple of verses, that it is faith. Faith is uh, substance and evidence. It's real. (laughs) It's based on what God has said. It's based on the evidence, the evidence of creation, the evidence of the world, the evidence of those who have gone before us, the evidence of God doing what he said he would do in the past. We can trust God by faith, based on evidence. It's real. It's not mystical. It's not wishing or hoping or uh, some kind of magic. It's looking at the Bible and understanding God said, I can experience victory. God said, I can experience peace. God said, that he has a plan for my life. God said that he loves me. God said that he cares for me. And I can trust him. And since I can trust him, I'll take the next step. We sometimes believe that faith is manipulating God. If I trust enough, if I hope enough, if I believe enough, I can get God to do what I want him to do. If you haven't listened to last week's podcast on prayer, you need to. We need to pray according to God's will. If we pray according to God's will, then God shall, will answer that prayer. Because it's our hearts being aligned to Him. It's His will being accomplished on earth. That's what prayer is about. It's going to God and saying, God, we want this to happen. We desire to see this happen. Healing, provision, these things. But more than anything, we want your will to be done. God, let us see your will done. Do your will in us and through us and around us. That's what faith is about. It's not getting God to do what we want him to do or hoping enough or trying enough. I talked to someone recently that said they feel so down because the people in their life are Christian people that 
talk to her about the difficulty she's experiencing. And they say things like, if you just had more faith, if you just believed more, then God would remove these. The Bible doesn't say that. Faith is reading God's word, understanding it, accepting the character and the promises of God, and then living our lives according to that, taking the next step. God, I don't know how this is going to end. God, I don't know where this is going to go. But God, I'm going to trust you in spite of it. It's the Old Testament story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm sure you're familiar with that story. I won't tell the whole thing, but these were uh, young men who believed in God and had faith in God. They were told they needed to bow down to a king, to a ruler, Nebuchadnezzar. They refused to because they were obedient to God. The threat was if they didn't bow down to this statue, bow down to this image of the king, then they would be thrown in a fiery furnace and die. The response to the king was, whether we die in the fire (laughs) and we're released from you, or we're saved out of the fire and released from you, God will release us. God's will will be done. They weren't looking for a specific outcome. They were simply expecting God to deliver them in the fire or from the fire. That's faith. Faith is what moves us forward. The contrast to that, of course, is fear. And I personally don't believe that a person of faith is a person without fear. I just believe a person of faith is one who allows fear to make uh, faith to make the decisions for them instead of allowing fear to make the decisions for them. All of us have those moments where we look at the future or we look at what we're dealing with and we don't know exactly how it's going to work out. And fear gets a voice, doesn't it? Fear speaks to us. Fear says, based on what we're seeing, this is what we need to do. And faith then has to step in and say, I hear you, fear. but I'm going to let my confidence in God make the decision as to what I do next. Don't let fear make the decisions in your life. Here's what we do. We listen to fear, and we call it rational thought. We allow fear to make the decisions for us, and yet we rarely are honest enough to say it's fear making the decision. But when we refuse to move forward, now, forward into what God has for us. When we refuse to move forward into what we know God wants us to do, trusting God to work out his will, this is when we decide to stay where we are and die. We're allowing fear to make that decision. We're deciding because of fear. Don't make decisions based on fear. I've known leaders who have tried to motivate with fear. If you don't do this, then this will happen. If this outcome is not achieved, then this negative impact will come into your life. (laughs) Motivating because of fear. As a Christian person, we should motivate and be motivated by faith. Uh, I'm not motivated because I'm afraid. I'm motivated because I believe that God is bigger and that God has a plan for me and that God has something out there. That's what carries me forward. It's not fear of what might happen. It's the confidence in God. 
So often we hold back because of fear. We're afraid that if we take the next step or do the next thing, there may be a negative outcome. Uh, listen to me. I'm not talking about running in front of God. There are times when we, need, when we need to be still and know that he is God. The Bible is clear on that. This is not running in front of God. This is knowing God's word says, and based on what his word says, I'm going to take the next step. I can have confidence. Our problem often is not that we are running in front of God, but that we're not doing what we already know we're supposed to do. You need to have some clear uh, introspection in this, of course. Uh, You need to be honest enough to look at yourself and know that I'm doing this because of faith, confidence in God, or I'm doing this because I want to, and hopefully God comes along. That's not what I'm talking about either. But there has to be something in us that says, I'm going to take this step because God says, I'm not going to allow fear to keep me from moving forward. Don't motivate others with fear. Don't be motivated by fear. Don't hold back because of fear. It's amazing the crazy things that look like action that people will do because of fear. Often when there is a difficulty or an obstacle or trial standing in front of you, instead of confidently taking the next step, trusting God to bring the pieces together, we jump in front of him because we're afraid. God's not moving fast enough. This isn't happening fast enough. This isn't happening the way that I would like for it to. So because I'm scared of what the outcome might be, I'm going to jump out in front of God instead of allowing him to work his will and his way in my life. A person of faith is not a person that often looks like they're in a frantic state, running around trying to figure out what to do next. A person of faith does not have all of the answers, but a person of faith is one who simply trusts God, does what he understands in Scripture, is the husband and the father, the employer or employee, is the witness of the gospel, the person who confidently takes one faith-filled step after another. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. How does this play out in our relationships? Just a few examples, and I'll be done here. In our relationships, we see this happen all the time. This is when we negotiate with 
our spouse, or our kids. This is when we make decisions that we feel like are needed for preservation of the relationship. The Bible is very clear on how husbands and wives should interact with each other, should relate to one another, the roles that need to take place in a marriage relationship, how we should raise our kids, what that looks like. The Bible is very clear on all of this. Fear is when we manipulate those in our lives. We make them do things, go places, uh, stay around us, or push them away from us. We uh, choose careers for our kids. We are willing to negotiate with our spouse to get what we want because we're afraid. That's what fear does. Fear makes those decisions. Faith says, if I do what the Bible says as a husband, I treat my wife the way the Bible tells me to. I love my wife the way... Christ loved the church. That's what the Bible says. As a wife, if I fulfill the roles that God has given to me, if I have the attitudes and the thoughts and the character that the Bible tells me to have, if I raise my kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, then God will accomplish what he desires to accomplish. Faith says, focus on what you know to be true and let God do the rest. So many parents absolutely parent out of fear. They make decisions because they're afraid of what their kids may do or not do, where they may go or not go, what might happen to them. Uh, I understand as a parent being afraid for my kids, but I want to parent my kids from a position of faith, knowing what the Bible says, pouring that into them, being the parent that I'm supposed to be, having the character that I'm supposed to have, and trusting God for the results. Don't parent out of fear. Don't treat your spouse or have a relationship based on fear. If I don't do this, then this will happen. Uh, If I act this way, then maybe they'll leave. You need to trust God by faith, living out what he has set in front of you and trusting him for the results. In culture, we see this as well. Another example. So often, and this is more clear now than perhaps it's ever been, how we function in culture. We are afraid that those in culture, let's say outside of Christianity, outside of faith, will reject us personally or reject our message. They won't listen to us. We'll lose our influence. We won't have the opportunities that we once had. We're afraid that those things will go away or that that negativity will come. And since we're afraid... We water down the message of the Bible. We hold our opinions of truth to ourselves. We we believe, but we don't express that belief. We're constantly looking for the, the right angle to approach every conversation. We are hiding our light, so to speak, under a bushel. Because we're afraid. Now, the Bible is clear that we need to speak both love and truth. We should be gracious. We should be wise. We should be kind. We should be all of those things, but we should never stop proclaiming the truth of the Bible. When we address culture from a position of fear instead of a position of faith, that God's word will not return void, that God is indeed sovereign. He is in and over all. He is more powerful than any other force in the world. A greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There is power in the gospel message. If we stop living by faith, 
then the power of God and the truth of his word will have no effect. We will also then stop being the light and the salt, the preservative, the hope that our culture needs. It is fearful living instead of faith-filled living that keeps us from taking the gospel message, the truth of the word of God, on the offense. So many other examples. But we cannot allow fear to make decisions in our lives. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. I, I love this, this verse. There is no fear in love. The perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. There's the love of God that sent Jesus from heaven to earth for us. We're told to love others. We're told to live in close, intimate relationships motivated by love. The greatest commandment is love. (laughs) If we operate or function from a place of love, there should be no fear. Love and faith, they're connected. We love, and so we live by faith. Life of faith is one that hangs on to the character and promises of God. A life of faith is one that hangs on to the character, that's who God is. He is sovereign. He's over all. He is omniscient. He is uh, all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He is all-loving. He is gracious. He is merciful. He is holy. He is God. That is his character. It's hanging on to the character and then the promises of God. He makes promises throughout Scripture, and we could go line by line, verse by verse. There are entire books that are just filled with verses found in Scripture that are the promises of God from one end of the Bible to the other, full of promises. We hang on to those promises because we know his character. If God said, then he will. So we move by faith. We need to allow faith to decide what we do next, not fear. Key is to live according to God's word regardless of outcome. It breaks my heart to see people who make decisions because they are afraid. You hear this, and we use it flippantly. I'm afraid if I don't do this, then. I'm afraid if this decision isn't made, then. I'm afraid of this, so I will do this. That reflects a much deeper issue. That we are taking control of what only God can control. That's the future. We're making decisions based on our own limited understanding. Instead of knowing what the Bible says, reading it, understanding it, trusting God because of his character, 
and living our life according to it by faith. Don't let fear decide. Fear will always keep you (laughs) from pursuing God. Now, one of the problems that I have, one of the struggles personally that I have when I speak and try to communicate something like this is every objection jumps into my mind. Good fear is the kind of fear that keeps you from stepping in front of a moving car. That's good fear. That's not what I'm talking about. Good fear causes you to move back from the edge of a cliff. That's good fear. Good fear keeps you from shoving a knife into your hand. That's good fear. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that fear that prevents you from doing what God wants you to do. Faith is knowing the Word of God, hanging on to the promises of God, because of the character of God and taking the next step. Trusting God in spite of outcomes. When I think about this this idea or this concept of march or die, this is exactly what it boils down to for me. Am I going to take the next step by faith? I don't know what's out there. But I know if I stay here, I'm not making progress. I know if I stay here, I'm going to die. Am I willing to put my faith, my hope, my confidence, my trust in God? Or am I going to to let fear have a voice and make the decision for me? Don't let fear decide. I hope that's helped to you. should be a great starting point. If nothing else, let this roll around in your head and start looking at your life through that lens. Am I parenting based on fear or faith? Am I parenting uh, or am I... um, operating or functioning in my relationships based on fear or faith? Am I trying to lead based on fear or faith? Uh, What am I allowing to speak into my life? What am I allowing to make those decisions for me? Start thinking along those lines. And uh, I believe that God will uh, really help you to see the difference between a faith life and a fear life. All right. I hope that's a help to you today. Uh, Take some time when you are done listening to this. Go over to Life Audio, lifeaudio.com. You can find some great podcasts there and uh, some great hosts. Uh, Love everything that's happening there. Faith-focused podcast. Great number of podcasts. Uh, It's been really fun to watch um, that grow. It was just a couple in the beginning and uh, so many incredible personalities and um, shows there. So please go and check that out. That would be Fantastic. And I will remind you right now, as I seek to every single week, when the bullets are flying your direction, when the world around you seems to be falling apart, you only have two choices. We just talked about it. You only have two choices. You can stay where you are and die, or you can march. What are you going to do? Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. 
our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Hello, my name is Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we're the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, check us out, Life After Addiction Podcast, and you can subscribe at LifeAudio.com.